Hey everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about Out of House and Home by Drew Hayes. It is the seventh book in the Fred the Vampire Accountant series, so let's acquisition the magic of books. Now, just wanted to say, uh, sorry about the delay, I did have some life stuff happen, but I am going to continue recording, and I'm excited to do it. I've just been really busy, but it's coming. So just keep waiting. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it. But let's talk just a little bit about this book. So as you know, if you've read the other books, these books are short stories, five short stories kind of put into one book. Each book, each story is seven or eight chapters. They're light, they're self-contained, but you do need to read I would say you need to read all of them in order to really know what's going on so that you're, they're not so self-contained that you don't have to read them in order. Especially in this book, if you don't read them in order, it is very confusing. So this book has five short stories. Invader in the Home, Mystery in the Mall, Storm on the Mountain, Guest at the Gala, and The Reckoning of, the, of Houses. So I'm just going to start with the first one. Invader in the Home. Uh, well, actually, I'm going to say I love this book. This was such a fun book to read. I continue to love Fred the Vampire Accountant. Makes me laugh. Makes me feel good. It's a nice, fun, easy book, and it goes by really quickly, so you're not uh, stuck reading it where you might feel off, right? So, Invader in the Home. Uh, they arrive, and Charlotte is being attacked and has magical flames and bug-like creatures. Basically, Quinn is around and he is gunning for Charlotte this time. You know, he's realized everybody else is pretty protected and safe. I'm going to go for his home. That's not cool. Just flat out didn't like it. I was really worried that Charlotte was going to die, but luckily she does not. This is the spoiler section, so it's okay to say she does not. Uh, it was very interesting seeing that, you know, they have the, the portable power core and they're moving it and they're not sure if she's safe and then she is. And Asha, you know, Asha for the save coming in and fighting off the bug that Gideon, or not Gideon, excuse me, <laughs> fighting off the bug that Quinn was uh, kind of controlling and attacking them with. So glad. Luckily, they're able to go to Gideon and uh, Richard Letharian and he takes them under their wing for a little bit so they can recoup. So, all in all, good story. A little sad, very, like, oh no, what's going to happen? It's a good one. Mystery in the Mall. This is the second one. Um, this is the one that as long as you know the players, you could pretty much read it um, kind of out of order for what it is. So they, Gideon has tasked Fred with scoping out a mall and doing his accountant work to see if it's going to be a viable investment or if it's a bad investment overall. Um, and of course, Gideon's not just buying a mall. He's buying a supernatural mall that has a whole underside to it for all the supernatural beings in Winslow and you know, all around to come will come. So this one's good. It seems like it's a haunted mall. And I really like that, that they're just kind of like going and figuring it out. Like, oh, how did this happen? What happened here? Uh, a little bit in the end, it's kind of like, well, it didn't really matter. It was just a mixed up ingredient was having some unknown effects. So anytime a certain drink was brewed, it would cause havoc, uh, you know, an undetermined period of time later. 
And I, well, that was a good, clean ending. I kind of wish they'd been a little bit more investigating into it, or like they'd figured it out, but it was still very good. I also really liked the kind of the explanation of power and delegation that Amy is giving to Fred. Even though Amy is kind of naive in her own way about, you know, how she was under contract with the other mages and stuff, but she kind of understands the power and delegation more that uh, Gideon has this reputation and he doesn't want to... I love the quote, I'm going to read it to you. Is, Gideon doesn't want to have to incinerate a building every time somebody messes up. You know, and then she's like, and it's bad just from a time management standpoint. You know, so if he's going down, burning down all the buildings and everybody who makes a mistake, like, that's poor time management. He'll never get anything done. He'll be too busy burning things down. So, funny. I liked it. And then she also talks about the three states of power. You know, the power you have, the power you show, and the power you're willing to use. Well, all three of those are willing to, you know. The power you have, the power you're willing to show, and the power you're willing to use. And Gideon is able to show off his power every once in a while, explosively, and to great effect. But because he can show that power slightly and use that much power, you know, people know he has it and then they don't have to, he doesn't have to use it as much. So I really like that. I, I did also bring it back to just the fun. I really enjoyed the mall hockey on the mounts. It was so funny. Oh, it's a time old tradition. Get the get the mall hockey set out. Like super fun, uh, just good. And I like that the talking about these three states of power is a little bit of foreshadowing for the last two books in this series. So let's talk about the storm on the mountain. This is kind of the first time we get to see Fred and most of the house of Fred because obviously after the wedding going against her agency director uh, Crystal has been off and busy just running from place to place solving problems and this one I feel like this story is less about the actual story itself and more about kind of just progression of other certain story elements which was nice so they go to a mountain Fred's going there for an accountant to kind of bid on being their accountant and the others are all there to have a fun ski trip. And while they're going up there, they are attacked by a Wendigo. The Wendigo being the owner. But because of the his age, and he's starting to lose control a little bit more. And so when a storm hits, he kind of goes into protect the mountain mode. It was a really fun story. Uh, Fred drinks some of his, not his first, but some of his first like actual superhuman blood. And he drinks mountain goat. And pretty cool. Just uh, gives a little bit of hint for some other things. It's so funny. The whole time, he's like, we should go into the trees. And the, the mountain goat is there and is like, why? Is that where your accomplices are? And he's like, no, it's just less windy in the trees. Oh, okay. And then they all go over and say, all right, we should do this. Why? Is it you going to attack somebody over there? And everyone's like, dude, chill out. Like, this is Fred. Fred's like a butterball. He can't hurt anybody. Like, Quit worrying so much. Just super fun. It was pretty awesome, though, to see. And this is kind of that overall progression I was talking about, that uh, we see two dragons flying in the air. He does. Fred does. And one of them, of course, is Gideon, King of the West. And the other is Sally. And that's crazy. So she is a dragon shifter. And that's why she's the Tiamat. That's so cool. And I love that Fred is just super willing to just come in and be like, uh, 
Yes, Gideon, I will come with you, not scared out of my mind and hoping that I don't die when I come out of this. And he, Gideon's like, well, if you weren't so cool, so nice, and so friendly, and so honest, this wouldn't be a problem. But because it's you, if you told anybody, they'd believe you. And he's like, well, uh, can I just not tell anybody? And he does enter into a pact to, like, not tell anybody, which was nice and very cool. But I was just like, oh boy, this is, uh, this is a tough situation you found yourself in, Fred. Let's, uh, let's hope you can get out of it safely. He does. He gets the account. Uh, it was all a good story, but that was just a cool. We learned a lot more about the dragons. We learned a lot more about a little bit more about Sally. So, yeah. All right. The next story, Guest at the Gala, is kind of like a prologue slash a part one of the next story as well. They definitely are hand in hand and not contained anymore, right? So, this one, Fred is hanging out at home. Well, Richard's house doing some paperwork. And who shows up but Prudence to be his bodyguard and to take him on a trip. And so she takes him to visit the House of Tuva. Remember, the House of Tuva are the Bravo vampire house in town. And they do not like Fred. They've tried to kill Fred. They tried to formally oust him or force adopt him. Not cool. So, uh... One of the good things about this is that we do learn a little bit more about the origin myth of the vampires. And we also learn that if a vampire who is not allergic to silver, like Fred, is given blood willingly, well, and Asha, but mostly Fred, and is given blood willingly, the abilities last longer. Who knows how much longer or how much stronger, but they are. And, you know, even Fred says that, yeah, it's been a month and my mountain goat's and still feel that mountain goat power in my legs. So, who knows? I guess we'll see if there's an upper bound for how long that's going to last. But, it was very cool. Uh, I like the clan talk a little bit more. You know, we get to see Peter, Petra thrown around a little bit. Like, yeah, you, you did good asking how to claim the land for your town. But then you messed it up by asking me to help you. You're supposed to solve it on your own. And I love, I love a good, righteous anger a good i'm so mad but for a good reason not just i'm mad because right and fred's anger over lillian being mistreated and like thrown out where he adopted her and then he's like you don't even know what lillian did for you like you're the worst kind of leader ever like she was the one who helped you with all of your new vampires like no wonder you're struggling and so i really like that you know, Prudence, of course, protects him, and Peter's like, aha, now that I have you here, you will die. Kind of just that epic, like, Bond, in my head, like, James Bond villain, mustache twirling, like, aha, now you die. But obviously Prudence is like, no, I can't let you do that, and I'll kill you all if you uh, finish giving that order. So, that's great. Um, on their way out, he, Fred is talking to Prudence, he's like, well, what are my options? And she narrows it down to three options, basically. You can run, you can fight, or you can die. And so Fred's like, well, hmm, those are three good options. Let me talk it over with my clan and we'll get back to you. But then this runs right into the second one. Whereas most of these books have some time in between them, these two books are continuous, basically. So he calls in all the House of Fred. They vote whether they want to move to Borbeck or if they want to stay in... Winslow, they all decide they want to stay. 
and they decide they're going to fight. And I love it. Crystal, of course, as an agent, can't use any agent resources. And so Arch is there watching them, and he's got a, a headband with like a GoPro on it, just recording and like uploading everything so that they can prove that Crystal didn't do anything outside the bands. And they're getting ready to plan, and uh, Fred's like, all right, we're going to show them a horrifying amount of mercy. And if that doesn't give you a little bit of chills, oh, it was great. So they they drive their big souped-up SUV, fly through the bay windows, you know, they launch Silver Mist, so all the vampires are getting knocked out, and then they're tagging all the vampires with a marker as they go through the house, leaving them all alive, but bound, and, and showing that they were completely helpless. And they go through, and they're stopping everybody, and they're fighting, and then... Asha and Gregory, his bodyguard, get in a fight with the two vampires who are kind of known for being strong enough and powerful enough to just like fights, and they kind of have a rivalry with each other over who's the tougher one. In a good way, they're not like bad and angry at each other, but they're fighting, and one of them's fighting Asha, and they're going at it, and then she gets him in a like a, grabs his arm and like stabs her fingernails in him and pulls him out, and he's like, "Yeah, that was silver. I'm out." Like. That's a good fight. Let's uh, fight again sometime. You're cool. They subdue the other one. And they talk with Petter. And he's like, okay, Petter, last chance. If you don't, like, very, very last chance, we can negotiate. And, of course, Petter doesn't take it. And he fights. And they subdue him some more. And then that was, this is the great, one of the funnest parts. Fred is asking the blood council. He's like, hey, can I get your approval now? Can we talk about that thing? And his phone rings. And he's like, hey, Prudence, like... You call me with a verdict, and it's not prudence on the line. It's control, the head head of all the vampire clans. And he's like, oh, crap, I just messed up. I got to be super respectful. And he always does the, the word play, and he's like, okay, whew, I, I'm out of the scope for a little bit. I'm not in the crosshairs. And then he you know, formally claims Winslow as his home, and he also makes it so that the House of Tuva is banished, but if you want to be unaffiliated with a clan, you are more than welcome to come to Winslow and be just fine. Basically saying it's better to be unaffiliated in Winslow than it is to have a clan. So it was pretty funny and pretty good uh, masterstroke. And I'm excited to see where the next couple books, the next books go. He's still writing them. I love them. I'm going to keep reading them. So... That's going to wrap up my discussion of uh, Out of House and Home by Drew Hayes. Thanks for listening, everybody, and waiting for it. Uh, thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to libromancypod at gmail.com. And I am on Twitter sometimes at libromancypod. So, you know, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And remember to acquisition the magic of books. Mm-hmm.